Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. The only daily Premier League podcast. This is Football Social Daily. Hello and welcome to the Football Social Daily FA Cup special. Yes, the FA Cup third round has arrived and the Premier League big boys have entered with the chance of a big piece of silverware come May. So, if you're a fan of Harry Kane against the Milkman, or Romelu Lukaku matched up with a builder, or if you've ever wondered exactly how Kevin De Bruyne really would fare up against Dave from accounts, then this is the weekend of the season for you. The main players from the top flight have secured their place in the fourth round, but there was an old-fashioned giant killing on Tyneside and some third-round exits for Premier League teams as Watford, Burnley and Leeds all bowed out of the competition. We'll be looking at all those big stories from the third round this weekend, as well as getting some immediate reaction to the fourth round draw. And we'll also be handing out some early prizes for the competition with our picks for team and player of the FA Cup third round. Right then, my name's Fergal Brennan and joining me tonight we have Man City fan and someone who has grabbed the third round by the highways and byways, Swindon's number one tourist guide, Mr Adam <laughs> Keyworth. Adam, how are you doing? I'm alright, thanks. I survived. Made it back up north, so that's a good thing, I suppose. I think that's about, okay, well, <laughs> about as far as I could take it. We're going to get a bit more detail off you about Swindon uh, and I hope you've taken a, four, a few more notes than just I managed to get out of Swindon alive. So we'll give you a minute and we're going to swing back to <laughs> Swindon against Man City in, uh, in just a second. Uh, alongside Adam, someone who I think, I reckon, had a bit more of an indoorsy weekend, City fan and podcaster Ant McGinley. Ant, how are you doing? I'm all right. I've been covered with dust and boxes because I've been moving house. Uh, so yeah, so my uh, involvement... Uh, has been in the warmth, uh, well, supposedly the warmth, in my chilly new flat. 
fair enough. Dusty boxes and uh, directions out of Swindon. That's uh, that's as good a start as ever as you're going to get to any sort of uh, <laughs> FA Cup uh, podcast this weekend. Right, Adam, we're going to go to you first on this one. We're going to do a little bit of a chronological order for the FA Cup weekend. And I'm going to throw a disclaimer in now. Any Premier League fans listening to the podcast... We are going to try and get through as much as we can, but with 50,000 games over the last 48 hours, we've tried to pick out the big talking points that we're going to get stuck into and then a bit of detail on some of the other matches that took place. So Swindon against Man City on Friday night, that got the third round kicked off. And Adam, this is one of the interesting things about the the third round because you have all the the saccharine, kind of sweet, sugar-coated nonsense of the magic of the cap and anyone can (laughs) beat anyone and, and all this type of stuff. And then... You have a position where you've got Manchester City, Premier League leaders, multi-million pound first team squad pushing for honours all over Europe, going to a League Two team in Swindon Town. And and you took the trip down to the county ground with the City fans to watch it. So I just want to ask you, from a fan perspective, what was it like this weekend? It's difficult when you've got the Champions League and the Premier League and the pressure to perform and win in, in those competitions. Does the FA Cup still have that little sprinkle of magic where you're, you're excited to go away to these grounds and see how City react in this sort of a setting? Yeah, I mean, I stopped going away to Premier League games about four years ago, but we always try and go to the FA Cup games because it, it takes you to places that you wouldn't usually get to go to because when realistically, when's the next time City are going to play Swindon? It, it might just never happen. They're in League Two, just outside of the, the promotion areas and um, City are obviously top of the Premier League so it's it's worlds apart but a, a few things that I enjoyed one uh, City were put in a stand with no roof uh, zero degrees bit of rain which was good um, a stand that I believe hasn't been open for a few years either at Swindon uh, they packed it out um, the atmosphere there was a lot better than I thought it would be because often, often at these games you get I think Swindon's average attendance this year is 8,000 and all 15,000 were there which was nice um, but they actually put on a bit of noise which was uh, entertaining it was fun trying to get in because it was they had about three staff trying to let four and a half thousand City fans in uh, in the freezing cold which is never fun they weren't serving beer at the ground which is also fun when you bring four and a half thousand Mancunians down Um but no, it was good. It was a good atmosphere. It was good to see City put out a pretty strong eleven. I mean, that is an eleven that could win multiple Premier League games a season. Um, it, it's good to see that. I mean, Pep loves cup competitions anyway. We know all about, all about that. But we took it seriously, and, and they played quite well. Obviously, City got the result and uh, got quite an early goal. Um, but they they played quite well. There was a few players in there. I mean, their right back has ended up back at. Uh, Aston Villa they recalled him after the game so it still holds something for both fans for the teams I mean for Swindon that is a money spinner and a half isn't it and for players because like I say one of the players is now back at a Premier League club so you can't really um, you can't really moan about it I really enjoy it and when the draw came out I thought yep we'll go to Swindon one of my best mates his mum lives down there so it was quite easy to to get around when we were down there but um, a good trip uh, despite having to do M6, M5, M4 for anyone who knows the motorways. Um, good trip, good atmosphere, some good goals, a really bad penalty miss that I've refused to watch back since. Um, a really good free kick from Gundogan. If no one's seen that, go watch that and look out for me and my other coats to be on the net. Um, 
but yeah, it was good fun. It was really good fun. Um, and I was hoping that City would get another away tie because that's what we were after, but wasn't to be yet. But Swindon did themselves proud, I thought. Uh, the players played well. Some of their Instagram and Twitter posts after it were absolutely brilliant. Um, just all about the the guy who scored McCurdy up front, who was a character to say the least, put something out about. Um, well, I won't repeat it. Go and have a look for yourself. But he basically said City weren't messing about. So no, it was good. And like you say, you saw Kevin De Bruyne playing away at Swindon Town on a Friday night. You're not going to say say that very often, eh? No, I'd be surprised if you're able to say that again. And in terms of the performance on the pitch, as Adam said, it, it was... <laughs> I hope not. It was, well, let's let's hope not. I'd be absolutely shocked at what parallel universe would have to be created for, for that to happen. But you never know. I, w- I would say it's unlikely, but you do never know. Um, and in terms of the performance, it was relatively routine. 3-0 up by the hour. Bernardo Silva, Gabriel Jesus and Ilkay Gundogan. Jesus could even afford to miss that disastrous penalty that, that Adam mentioned. Harry McCurdy got one back for Swindon to, to give the home fans something to cheer about but the big story throughout the 90 minutes for Man City was Cole Palmer an assist for Silva's goal and then he batters in a brilliant fourth to just kind of wrap it up and get his first uh, Premier League goal for City now his post-match interview afterwards we talk about things that we love in the FA Cup third round this is definitely up there this is the least media trained interview and the most mank interview I've seen in a very, very long time. They just caught him off the cuff, did a quick interview him after the break, after the game, sorry. And it was absolutely brilliant. Again, on the list, as Adam says, if you've not seen it, go and check it out. Cole Palmer has become a little bit of a cult icon already based on that interview. Absolutely. And uh, in, in, in many ways, it's, the, it's, it's one thing I can look at and go I, I can compare myself to Cole Palmer not in the footballing attributes in any way whatsoever but the fact that uh, he, I was about as articulate as he was at that age in that interview um, but it's brilliant you know it's just I, I like that I, I like to see that rawness and uh, we've we've seen it before over the years I'm again in the FA Cup um, all those years ago when uh, as Micah Richards would say, he burst onto the scene uh, with, with uh, that goal in the FA Cup game. He, he headed in, I'm trying to remember who that was against, now maybe Adam would remember. But, um, you know, again, I love this when you see this sort of um, un, uncultured, as I say, media trained now, but it's just rawness. And, uh, you know, all, all, all the kid knows is football. But you know what? If um, If he continues to play like that, you know, that's... That's what I'm interested in. You know, I'm not. I don't necessarily want him to turn into the next Stephen Fry. Uh, I'd, I'd rather see him, you know, become well. He, he the next Stephen Gerrard. Anyone that the. the <laughs> well, I mean, the, the the way he played on on the pitch was was ridiculous. I mean, uh, me and Adam have both seen him play a couple of times now. I think that's like twelve games this season, and you know that the goal that he scored, he had no right. Almost, you know, it was just like. It was, you know, audacious to shoot from there, never mind score. And, uh, yeah, I'm just so impressed with him. And I'm I'm kind of frightened in a way because it's, as, as a City fan, it's really exciting to have somebody like Foden come through the ranks. And I don't want to put undue pressure on the lad, but to have somebody else, a different type of player coming through from the ranks. And obviously we, we've, we've invested a lot in the years with the youth development but that's that's incredible it, it's it's so exciting to see him come through and and 
the you know the, there's there's many other names we could mention as well some that we we've seen a little bit of in the likes of Delap and others to come through and you know i i i'm excited to see what what comes of them especially when we see how guardiola has managed and developed phil foden from being on the fringes to being much hyped about and managing through to being a regular first teamer now you know the the potential there is incredible and also from a if if you want to break it down and go to a business point of view you know from the football club in terms of making money you know, th- these players are going to be very valuable in the future should they ever want to sell them on. And looking at the position with Cole Palmer, Adam, just before we move on to, to Newcastle and Cambridge, which is the big giant killing story <laughs> that we're going to we're going to focus on. He has come through the ranks, as Ant said, and obviously there's going to be the inevitable comparisons with Phil Foden because the way that Guardiola has nurtured Phil Foden, rejected claims that he should go out on loan and send him away to a League One or League Two team. He's learnt more being at City, operating and training, learning from the likes of David Silver, etc. Cole Palmer seems to be on a similar path. There's little chance of him being loaned out, certainly this month or at the end of the season. What do you see as the trajectory for him? It, it is so difficult because... You don't want to put undue pressure on him, despite the fact that he looks like a really talented young player. He just slots into that system seamlessly. He's fearless. He creates chances. He scores goals. But inevitably, anyone outside of Manchester City is going to be looking at him and thinking, OK, Foden's been a massive success and we look like he's going to be on the road to a a really, really big, big career for Manchester City and, and probably for England. Where do you see the next six, 12 months going for Cole Palmer at Manchester City? I think it'll be very similar to Phil Foden. I think he'll play, he'll, he'll appear in 25, 30 games over the season. Um, he starts the cup games. It won't really matter who we're playing, I don't think. And he's got a really interesting opportunity, I think, because of the position he plays. He plays on the right, he's left footed. He's clearly, clearly been working with Mares because he's got a lot of Mares about him. Um, his first touch, the way he cuts inside. And like Ant said, he, he's shooting from places he's got no right to shoot, never mind score. And he's doing it for England under-21s as well. He's, or whatever it is now that's set up. But he's impressing there as well. He's got an opportunity because Mahrez is 31 next month and he's not getting any younger. And otherwise, out there, you've got Jesus who plays on the right or through the middle now and again. But Palmer's also got a bit about him or enough about him to play as that false nine or false ten or whatever we call it uh, under Pep. So he's just going to follow exactly the same path as Foden. He's got to be patient. He's got to take his opportunities when he gets them, and he has. There's there's not a lot more he can do at the minute. Um, And he enjoys playing. Like you say, he he just enjoys playing football. He enjoys playing for the club. Um, And he, he could be really special. As Ant said, he can be anything he wants to be. He just needs to knuckle down, I think. He needs to look at what Foden did and go, right, if I take my time and I trust in what these coaches want to do with me, I will be as good as I want to be. So it's exciting, but I never want to get too carried away because you you also don't know how they're going to... just how they're going to react to an injury or a setback or because we've seen it with Foden Foden's been sent off he's been injured for a few months he's he's had those and he's come back um, so those will be the things that he's got to deal with and then we'll see just how good he's going to be but he's a scary player very scary at his age exciting can I just throw in a quick yes. uh, pop quiz for you Adam uh, can you can you remember the last player that moved from Swindon to Man City. Give me some sort of Sergio Aguero time. <laughs> of 
we're talking. Uh, oh, I was going to say Mike Summerby because I think he was uh, the only one that I could um, I could think of. Go on, I'm I'm intrigued. Uh, it was uh, ha- half a million for Fitzroy Simpson, who was a very, sh- a very Sean Wright Phillips in his appearance, diminutive, went on to score three goals for Jamaica. Um, but yeah, but really struggled to to keep his uh, place in the team. I uh, I remember having his pro set card and being very excited, thinking <laughs> he was the next big thing. Oh my god, he was was he a fullback? He was a fullback when he? he was just tiny. He, he, I, well, I, I mean to be honest, he, he may as well have not been on the pitch from what I remember when I saw him. There you go, Fergal. We learn something new every day. Right, we're going to move on. Uh, Anorak Ant to his friends. Wikipedia Ant <laughs> is uh, is what we're actually going to call him here. Wikipedia Ant. Right, we're going to move on to the big story from the weekend, which was an actual giant killing. This is what we want from the FA Cup third round, is we do want a giant killing, a big nosebleed for a Premier League side. But Newcastle fans, Marley, any Newcastle fans that are going to be listening are not going to thank us for this, Ant. But this is what the third round is all about. Cambridge United going to Newcastle, League One against Premier League. Newcastle have just been bought out. They're the richest club in the entire universe as it stands. Kieran Trippier has just signed. They paraded him at St. James's Park before the game. He started England International and they go and lose to Cambridge United. This was this was brilliant from Cambridge. We're going to talk to Adam about Cambridge in a second. But as for Newcastle, this is not good. The Premier League, they're in a mess. They're really struggling to get themselves out of relegation danger. Eddie Howe's won just one Premier League game since he's come in, and he is under real pressure. Trippier's come in. We're expecting some more new faces before the end of the window, but there was a real, real... Other than the Cambridge fans who were going absolutely mental down one end, there was a real growing discontent creeping through the Newcastle supporters. Absolutely, and uh, I know we have a, a lot of listeners in America, and just to put it in perspective... This is the equivalent of the New York Yankees losing to the Pensacola Pelicans. <laughs> We've got great setup going in Florida. I've been, I've been there. I've seen a game, uh, but this, this is the scale of it. it it's, it's unbelievable. And the, you know, obviously, you know, we, we love the cup, but. At the same time, when it happens to you, and, and me and Adam can talk about this all day because we don't have to yep. think back that far to an FA Cup final in Wigan, uh, who were relegated that very same season. It is it is amazing for the neutral. It is amazing when you're the little club. But when, when you're the club that are suffering this, this is devastating. And I, I, I cannot imagine what the... The mood is there at St James's Park now. I mean, bear in mind this was at a full St James's Park as well, so never mind just within the dressing room. But you know, the Newcastle fans have suffered so much over the years. And finally, it looks like you know there is light at the end of the tunnel. The weekend starts great with the signing of Trippier, which I think is a very good signing and also potentially somebody that's going to bring more players uh, to them. And you know. That's a big move because he's swapping Champions League football for a relegation battle. But this is, you know, just in terms of the feel, I, I, how do you pick yourself? How do you go in on Monday to training after that? How do you, how do you turn that around? And you know, much has been made about how much money that that Newcastle have at their disposal to go out and spend. But I, I think this, you know, it's more than just bringing one player in or a couple of players. You look at that. The, the, the team and, and, and you've probably gone to look at that in a minute but the way they were organised the way they played um, 
I mean, they, they had everything that United, that Newcastle don't seem to have at the minute. They had somebody who was able to put the ball in the net. They had an organised defence. They were able to keep it tight under pressure and keep a clean sheet. Uh, I don't think that, that Newcastle are going to go out and buy half the Cambridge United squad. Um, but I'm sure I'm sure Cambridge United would be happy to negotiate for any of their players with the amount of money that would be on the <laughs> table. Um, but this 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 really just it, it, you throw your hands up in the air. It's like, well, what 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 do you do now? Yes, okay, you don't have the distraction of any cup competition, and they've had a few games postponed, so the games are going to come thick and fast. But really, that's you're talking about logistics there rather than actual momentum team spirit confidence you know there, there is there is zero confidence in that squad now I, you know there the, the can't be much there anyway but after that result and that's what you need to get yourself out of the situation that they find themselves in they have got talented players in there you know I, I think Dubravka's a great keeper I think you know Almiron you know has, has real potential to, to do much more than he is uh, when he's fit Wilson is a quality finisher even Joel Linton has showed glimpses once they've moved him to like a number 8 position of being good but uh, you know St. Maximan so much potential there maybe not the finished product there but as a team as a squad it doesn't feel like they believe it doesn't feel like they believe they can they can change things and maybe part of that is because you know a lot of them are worried that you know the club's just going to go out and buy a whole new team so there's no spot for them it's a really it's a really precarious situation for every player and indeed the club at the minute looking at Cambridge Adam in terms of this and and what they'll take away from this the scenes in the away end they took a full quota of fans to to St James's Park were absolutely brilliant they're delighted with this 41 places between them in terms of league position from Newcastle's struggles in the Premier League to to Cambridge down in League One and this had everything in terms of the on-pitch and the off-pitch narrative because Newcastle are not just any Premier League club now. They're the, they are super, super rich. They've got all this money. Yes, this is the first transfer window they've had to spend it. But this isn't Cambridge going to Newcastle in a different situation and getting a result. This this means a lot. And everything just seemed to blow in Cambridge's direction. And two of the big performances within the team, Mitoff, the goalkeeper, made four, five incredible saves to keep them in it and then make sure that they got over the line and then the brilliantly named Joe Ironside up top with the scrappiest scratchiest goal to get them the win this was brilliant I mean Newcastle fans are obviously going to be very very angry that they're out of the cup they now turn their attention to the transfer window but for Cambridge to go and do this mitt off Ironside hops out of his wheelchair and bangs in the winner this is brilliant yeah, they were, they were really good. And there's a few things when you look at this, I, I think anyway. Um, like Ant said, Newcastle don't play like a team. Cambridge went there as a team, as a unit, um, and they just wanted it more. I know that the keeper made some really good saves and kept them in it, but you need that. Um, and yes, Trippy is a good signing, but Kraft and Shah as, as your back two, they're, they're not going to win you any games. I don't care who you're playing, they're just distinctly average um, but I think the other thing with Cambridge is they've been doing really well in League One the fans were unfortunate not to see them go up last year they went up behind closed doors basically uh, from League Two to League One it's a really good setup there the fans are very good um, but it, it was just a very 
scatty performance from Newcastle. Yes, they had chances. If you want the most damning thing about the whole game, no yellow cards for Newcastle in a cup tie at home that they were losing. And that stinks. They had 35 minutes and they're just not... They don't, there doesn't seem to be any fight about them. And that would worry you, wouldn't it, going into the uh, relegation battle. Yes, they've now got money to spend, but how are they going to be able to bring players in? You're, if you're a Newcastle fan, you've just be, become the richest club in the world and the potential is limitless. Then to go out of the FA Cup at home to Cambridge United without any disrespect to Cambridge United because they did deserve it. They would have wanted a cup run. They would have wanted something to believe in and to distract from this relegation scrap they've got themselves into. So all credit should go to Cambridge because they deserved it. Um, but it's it's looking quite precarious at Newcastle and it's worrying for Eddie Howe. He's just got there. He's brought in Trippier, which for my money as well is a very solid signing. But how long are they going to trust him? Because you can't really paper over the cracks of losing at home in front of 50 odd thousand to Cambridge United so tough times no no indeed it's it's a worrying position for them to be in the other game that we're going to feature in part one Ant is Burnley against Huddersfield this one doesn't go down as a giant killing I've made a judicial decision this is only championship against Premier League so this is just Burnley being poor and Huddersfield getting a good result away from home no Sean Dyche he tested positive for COVID-19 during the week so he was absent from the dugout Ian Wone took charge of this one it's not looking good for Burnley. We can almost say a lot of what we just said about Newcastle for Burnley. They've won just one game so far this season. Four points from the last eight games in the Premier League. They can't score a goal. They can't keep clean sheets. And we, we have this situation with Burnley almost every January where they've had a poor start to the season and they kind of kick into gear. The engine splutters into life and they get going and they get enough points together. But there is something about this season that looks different. Yes, we know that Dyche is not a big fan of the Cups, either the Carabao or the FA Cup. He probably won't be losing too much sleep about them bowing out, but they need a spark from somewhere. And that could have been this. This could and should have been a free hit for Burnley. Yes, they made a few changes, but get a bit of confidence, get some goals, get the key players starting to get back into a bit of a rhythm. None of that happened. They took the lead and eventually they just got picked off by a good but not amazing Huddersfield side. And you look at the games that are coming up for them in the next couple of weeks, Leicester at home next weekend, Watford at home in midweek after that, which is massive, because after that they've got Arsenal away, United at home and Liverpool at home. And at the end of all that, they could be in a real, real mess unless they can turn it around. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And I I completely get what you're saying with with rights for, for everything that we've heard coming out of him in, in the last couple of seasons in terms of Daish's attitude towards the um the cup competitions. Uh but I think really, you know, the best thing as far as the Burnley players are concerned, the best thing from this result is that Daish wasn't there. Because what irrespective of how he feels about the competition, he is not gonna be pleased at all with that performance and consider that you know Burnley even when they're at full strength don't have a massive squad it's they don't have the the ability like City to put out a second 11 that can turn over pretty much anybody you know they were playing uh, Rodriguez who got the goal Chris Wood was in there Ben Mee Tarkovsky you know this is pretty much you know par for the course um and so I imagine he was absolutely livid so they'll be ever so thankful that 
he's got a day or two to calm down before they ever see him, if he can indeed uh, calm down. Um, yeah, it's... You know, the the other thing you've said there that, that really sort of fell into place, the penny kind of dropped for me then when you were saying about how everyone always says this about they'll be fine and they'll do all this. And then you just mentioned that one of their fixtures coming up is Leicester. And it instantly reminded me four or five seasons ago when around this time of the year, people were still saying, oh, well, Leicester can't win it. They can't win it. You know, even though they're up there, they can't win it. And it was about, you know... It still took a while for people to believe that they could. But in a sense, it's like Burnley have, have done a reverse Leicester. It's like they've kind of snuck under the radar a little bit, but going down rather than, than, than to the top. And there's a real issue there. There's a real... I, I don't know if it's that we're all in denial um, about it possibly happening, but... You know they they are completely in real trouble, and yes, they've got games in hand because of the they've been affected by the weather and by COVID and those kinds of things. But you know when you look at the form table, those game you know those games in hand aren't auto- automatically gonna convert into into points, even though in previous seasons they have had good results against United and against Liverpool. But you know, when you're coming down to going, well, we might get a result at United and at Liverpool, then that sounds a little bit like desperation. And um, yeah, I, I think had they, had they put out a a weakened side for this, I don't think it would have been as much of a worry. But like I say, uh, that wasn't far off, you know, the, the teams we will see playing against the likes of, you know, Leicester and United, given that if they've got full fitness. And that's that's got to be a concern to everybody yeah I agree worrying stuff for Newcastle and for Burnley but a fantastic weekend for Cambridge United and their fans before we take a break I'm just going to run through some of the Premier League results from the FA Cup third round obviously Man City as you mentioned are through Burnley are out they're two of the big ones that we take away from the weekend Crystal Palace 2-1 win away at Millwall South London Derby sees them through to the fourth round an all Premier League tie with Leicester at home to Watford Claudio Ranieri back at the King Power but it wasn't a happy comeback for the Italian 4-1 win for the Foxes in that one Newcastle as we mentioned obviously bowing out against Cambridge uh, just spinning through some of the other results Brighton and Hove Albion needed extra time they got past West Brom who were down in the championship Chelsea 5-1 at home to Chesterfield pretty straightforward Rafa Benitez it never rains but it pours for him at the moment but Everton did have just enough to get through added uh, 3-2 in added time extra time even sorry getting ahead of myself there away at Hull Southampton same scoreline same situation Shane Long with the winner in added time at Swansea uh, Norwich who took a break from struggling in the Premier League they were the only team in the bottom five to get through to the second round uh, to the fourth round even 1-0 win away at Charlton Liverpool easy enough 4-1 win at home to Shrewsbury Tottenham 3-1 win at home to Morecambe and West Ham 2-0 at home to Leeds and Wolves 3-0 at home to Sheffield United right uh, I'm going to give my voice a quick rest that's why I don't read the classifieds (laughs) because it is just that difficult two other big stories that we're going to touch on in part two uh, from the lower leagues Kidderminster Harriers the lowest team round to the fourth round uh, National, League, National League North side they're through to round number four uh, we're going to be getting stuck into that we're going to be getting stuck into all the stories from the FA Cup fourth round after the break 
Ant and Adam are also picking their big winners from the fourth round, team of the third round and player of the third round. All of that to get stuck into in just a few seconds. Football's Social Daily. Subscribe to the podcast now so you never miss an episode. Football's Social Daily. Find more great sport at sport-social.co.uk. Welcome back to the Football Social Daily Weekend Review Show and we are firmly in FA Cup mode. The third round weekend is a big, big fixture on the calendar for 2021-2022. We've had a couple of giant killings and we've had some big stories from the third round so far. But in part two, we're going to be looking ahead to the fourth round. The draw is hot off the press. It's been made in the last half an hour. We now know the bulk of teams that are going to be into the fourth round. So, Adam, I'm going to get your reaction to some of the draws. Quick disclaimer, Arsenal against Forest is still going on at the time of recording. There's about five to ten minutes left, so we're not touching on them. We are going to include uh, them in the fourth round conversation. And obviously Manchester United against Aston Villa tomorrow night is also going to be thrown into it. So, Adam, looking at the picture for the fourth round, Manchester City at home to Fulham. Pretty favourable draw for Pep Guardiola against Championship opposition, although Fulham are going pretty well so far this season. What are the jump-out ties for you in the fourth round looking at it so far? Do you know what? I think it was one of the dullest fourth-round <laughs> FA Cup draws imaginable. That's the spirit. Um, with the obvious exception of Kidderminster Harriers uh, getting West Ham at home, which is a brilliant draw for them. Um and one they deserved after knocking Reading out. So that was good. City have got Fulham. The rest of it just goes to exactly what you'd think it does. There's no big Premier League games. Uh, you always see a, a United City or a Liverpool Chelsea sneak in. None of that. Um, City have got Fulham, which from a fan's point of view, you, I really don't like home ties this early in the cup because it's just not the most exciting. Fulham away would have been great. Um as one of the nicest places to go and watch football, uh, but not meant to be. Pep will be absolutely delighted because there's no travel involved um, and Fulham play decent football as well, so he'll like that uh, for a tie. Um, I wouldn't rule Fulham out of it, like you say. They're, they're going quite well in the Championship, so they'll put up a stern enough test, but I thought the draw was a bit dull. Obviously, you had the broadcasters giving it the, oh, look how great this, this draw is. It's not really, is it? If you look at it, United have got... You know, it's United or Villa. We'll have uh, Middlesbrough. Um, and you see ties like Stoke against Wigan. You'd much rather it be Stoke against Chelsea and Wigan against uh, Spurs. But it, all of those have just not come out of the hat this time. But I won't moan too much because it, it's quite favourable. But at the same time, I, I do like the excitement of... like could, City could have mm. got Boreham Wood away. Like when is that ever going to happen again? Um, but not to be. It was just a bit dull, wasn't it? If we're really honest about it. Looking at it, Ant, we've got three all Premier League ties as it stands. Spurs against Brighton, uh, Wolves against Norwich, and we also have Everton against Brentford. And then depending on how the Arsenal-Forest game goes, we could have a fourth one, which could be Arsenal against Holders-Leicester City. So 
as, as Adam says, there's not maybe one or two that really jump out of like a massive side making a trip to a fourth, fifth, t sixth tier team uh, in the fourth round draw. There's some interesting ones to look forward to. But what are you looking at? Are you looking at from the Premier League point of view of there's some exciting games from a City perspective, there's going to be some Premier League teams that get knocked out? Or are you going rogue and going for Boreham Wood away at Bournemouth, which could be a, a giant killing if it goes well? And then you've got Kitty Harriers from the sixth tier at home to West Ham. Yeah, I mean, I I think it's you know you're pretty much odds on that's going to be the, the 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 game that gets the big TV billing, isn't it? The Kidderminster Harriers versus West Ham United. Um, but as Adam said, you know, it, it would have been awesome to see more of these the way trips. That's a great one for for both the West Ham fans and the the Harrier fans. Um, the, the I mean, the Boreham Wood, great that they've got through to the fourth round. The, the the problem is is it's at Bournemouth and and you know I I I don't know if you've been to Bournemouth Adam I mean the ground's probably not much bigger than what Boreham Road are used to playing at so it's not exactly <laughs> going to be a massive money spinner for them either that way as well so and we know that at this stage it's so important and so you know obviously all these teams are coming through they've got their own battles at home. You know, there is the opportunity for a run. There's an opportunity to make yourself a name for yourself and become a legend. Um, and, and the funny thing about it is, you know, it just takes, you know, one performance and you're forever, uh, forever uh, sort of in somebody's mind. Like, I can never forget the name Timber Zaglo. Uh, was it uh, Rushton and Diamonds scored a hat trick I think in the FA Cup about 20 years ago and it was one of my first experiences of following the FA Cup and I was like n never heard from the guy again apart from talking about this game uh, but you know I you don't know where it's going to come from and bear in mind as well like we're looking at this it could have all been very different like Tottenham were behind uh, to Morecambe you know they only got three after bringing the big guns off the bench um I mean that's you know that that would have been some experience afterwards uh you know to see Conte losing his rag if that had gone wrong um and Liverpool as well I mean that the, the, they they went a goal down though I don't think there was any danger of them going out to Shrewsbury but uh great performance got to got to give a big shout out actually uh to to Nathaniel Ogbetter who set up the Shrewsbury goal uh left back who joined them a year ago from City He'd been at City since he was 10, and uh, I actually know him uh, for a little, another uh, family. Um, and yeah, his sister's a, a very accomplished uh, triple jump jumper as well. Very athletic family there. But uh, yeah, he's been doing great things since he's gone down to uh, Shrewsbury Town. It's great to see him showing that off at Anfield. Um, yeah, it's just, we, we don't know. It, it, as Adam says, on the surface, it doesn't look very exciting. Uh, but the potential there is, you know, the other way of looking at it is when we get through to the fifth round, there are going to be some names that we don't necessarily recognise. Like, you know, Cambridge United, uh, Boreham Wood, you know, all with reasonable chances of getting through to that fifth round. Um, possibly even Plymouth if they can turn over Chelsea. <laughs> Um, we're going to move on and do something a little bit more fun to uh, to wrap up the show. But before we do, uh, from a fan's perspective, I am having a bit of a nervous breakdown here. Nottingham Forest have scored five minutes to go at home to Arsenal, but I'm going to be professional for the final five minutes of the game and see if Arsenal can claw their way back into it. Um, let's talk about players and teams of the third round. Adam? Oh, for, Wait, for, Fergal, I've done your sub-editing for your, for your review. I've I've done it for you, uh, Lewis Grabbins. Lewis Grabbins winning goal against Arsenal. There you go. 
Okay. I thought you were going to go for Lewis grabs Boom. the winner. Lewis grabs on to the winner. Listen, listen, there's five minutes to go. Arsenal might get Gra- an equaliser. Grab- Grabbing, yeah. Grabs his chance. <laughs> grabs his, seizes his chance. Right, anyway, listen. We're going to move on to uh, to teams of the third round. We're going to do teams first and then we'll do players just after. So, Adam, we're going to go to you first and then Ant. Give us your team of the third round. Um, Tough one. I think this was a toss-up between... Kidderminster and Cambridge but I'm going to go for Cambridge United because of the the hashtag narrative of uh, richest club in the world at home showing off the new big signing getting turned over 1-0 by League One Cambridge United um, in front of lots of travelling fans so they win my team of the round and player of the round I'm going to double up Cambridge United double uh, yes he didn't come on until he came on as uh, he didn't start he came on as a sub but 39 year old Ireland veteran Wes Houlihan uh, came on to shore up the midfield uh, see Cambridge United over the line and never forget that he said that the reason that he's still going at age 39 is the Guinness so uh, an absolute hero in my eyes so glad to see him through with his lovely hair as well uh, and Pints of Guinness do also power certain podcasts uh, podcast hosts to keep up their five-a-side career so it is uh, <laughs> it is point proven right the way across the board and obviously Cambridge winning away at Newcastle was a big story that got them through into the fourth round but there was other big stories not necessarily involving Premier League teams we had Kidderminster Harriers we had Boreham Ward who are way down the football pyramid getting through where was your team caller and your and your player of the third round? Uh, well, I'm going to pick out w- one from each of those actually, and uh, going to go first in terms of team for a team performance. Uh, Kidderminster Harriers. They were the lowest ranking side left in the FA Cup, and they stayed in the FA Cup after knocking out Reading. And bear in mind as well, you know they, they did they did what you you expect people to do when you're going for a good performance: keep a clean sheet, you know, for 20 minutes. Uh, however, they didn't manage to make it till half time. They they went down. I think Puskas got the goal just before half time, um, and uh, the the Reading keeper pulled off a few great saves. Bear in mind as well, Reading had on the pitch on loan from Chelsea former Premier League winner Danny Drinkwater as well, and so um, a real gasp gasp. Not the word I'm looking for. Gulp. Golf. There's the word. A real golf in quality in terms of, yeah, in terms of the golf, a gasping golf uh, in quality, at least on, in, on paper. And so th- they came out and, you know, 1-0 down at half time, really nothing to lose. And putting in an incredible performance, uh, getting getting the equaliser, I mean... As, as a goalkeeper, my heart goes out to the Reading keeper who pulled off an amazing save in the first half and the ball just squirmed under his body at the near post to give the equaliser. And then the actual winner was... I mean, it's 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 not a classic goal by any means. Uh, it was one that was called by this this thing that that newer fans to football might not be familiar with, but in terms of eyesight and somebody on the line calling it a goal because uh, the ball squirmed over the line again in a bit of a scramble. Um, I mean, just just an amazing moment. They've had a great run, and uh, you know they've been rewarded with this home tie against. West Ham, which I'm sure is going to be another sellout for the Harriers, and you know I I wouldn't put it past them. I know West Ham are a, a different different kettle of fish this year to what they've been over over recent seasons, and Moyes is really pushing for success and pushing things. You know he's really sort of turned things around at West Ham, playing in a way that we've not seen for maybe uh, 15 years. 
But uh, the way Kidderminster going, this could be a real fairy tale for them. And whatever happens, it's going to be a great night. And then um, my player of of the round, I'm going to go over to the other low-ranking team that's still in there. And uh, that's Boreham Woods' Adrian Clifton, who in the previous round came off the bench to score. And in this round, he came off the bench to score as well. And uh, it just his his story himself... You know, is is a real, you know, the, 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 I'm sure this is the kind of thing that probably t- turned into a, to a film one day in terms of his journey. You know, he spent sort of ten seasons or so around the lower leagues. You know, as as a young boy, as a teenager, he had a couple of spells in prison, but he's really sort of turned his life around in many ways. And uh, yeah, just to get that goal at 33, this could be his uh, his last uh, big chance, and it's great to see. Uh, I'm going to go for a slightly more boring choice for my team of the round. Uh, obviously, Ant, you've gone for the giant killing line and, and so have you, Adam, with, with Cambridge winning away at, at Newcastle. I'm going to go for Brighton going into extra time to get past West Brom. And whilst on the face of this, there's not a big gap between them. That's probably what's tipped my decision on this because Brighton made changes. Maybe Graham Potter got his starting lineup a little bit wrong, but he reacted and he reacted positively in this. West Brom are going really well in the championship as it stands and Brighton pulled it out of the bag. They could have easily rolled over. They could have bowed out and just said, we're concentrating on the Premier League. That's our priority, but they didn't. And Graham Potter would have had an easy get out of jail free card if they'd lost. Don't really think the Brighton fans would have been rowing in too negatively after him if they'd got knocked out but all credit to them, bounce back into added time, into extra time, and they got themselves through to round four. My pick for player was Wes Houlihan, but um, uh, I'm always happy to just see Wes getting praised, so I'll let Adam have that. So my joint choice with Wes Houlihan is Michael Elise for Crystal Palace. This was an interesting performance for Palace away at Millwall. Really tense, tight derby, South London derby. Both sets of fans just hollering at each other for the whole game. And Michael Alise made the difference. Millwall took the lead and looked to be kind of building up a, a head of steam, trying to overpower Palace just after the break. And it just showed when you have that Premier League class and you've got the temperament to bring it into a tense game like this, that's all that matters. And Michael Alise was brilliant, fantastic goal to level it up and then a brilliant cross for one of the easiest goals that uh, Jean-Philippe Mateta will score in his career. So Palace through to round four and they are my pick, sorry, Brighton are my pick for team and Michael Alise is my pick for player. We're going to keep this going in the interests of live recording because there's about 30 to 60 seconds left at Nottingham Forest. Forest has still beaten Arsenal 1-0, so to save myself from having a, a bit of a breakdown on the podcast, I'm going to throw it back across to you. Adam, and not City, Adam, give us your shout for a Dark Horse FA Cup call this season. Ooh, ooh. Um, Who's impressed you? I like, I'd like to say West Ham, but I think that Europa Conference League, whatever it's even called, might be a push too far. Um, let's think of someone really, really rogue. Um, do you know what? I don't think it's going to be rogue. I think it's going to be boring. Um, what about... I See, I'm struggling to get past City here, to be quite honest. Uh, what Nottingham Forest. I was about that. <laughs> uh, right okay well we don't know if they're through to the fourth round just yet there's another 25 <laughs> seconds to go Ant give us your shout Forest 
who knows they might get through to the fourth round anything could happen or uh, have you got another pick have you got a Premier League pick yeah so we've got two Premier League picks one one that I think is taking it very seriously and one that scares the hell out of me uh, the first one is uh, Tottenham I think Conte has really sort of come in meaning to do business and, and he, he's he's you know, I, th- I think he's the best chance Tottenham have had for a long time of getting some silverware, and this could be a great opportunity, particularly after they had such a poor first leg in the EFL um, Cup. Um, and then I've just had a little shiver down the back of my spine, which has Norwich going down and reaching the FA Cup final, where they meet City and have some player who'd broken his leg and only appeared once the season before <laughs> coming up for a header in the 80th minute uh, that's disgusting um. <laughs> I know it's fear that it's fear that's foul well to follow the theme of, uh, of terrifying notes to end the podcast Arsenal are out of the FA Cup Nottingham Forest 1-0 win at the City ground in the FA Cup third round Mikel Arteta's side 2020 winners are out of the competition I'm going to remain as professional as I physically can for the end of the podcast but <laughs> I'm going to make it a short sharp and sweet goodbye to you both Adam and as always thanks so much for your time thank you thank you that was that was and a happy new year that was a pleasure and Fergal it's worth noting that Arsenal either win the FA Cup or get knocked out by Forest in the third round rinse and repeat it's one or the other so yeah what a terrifying look into the present and also a look into the future uh, as always here on the sports social and on the football social daily podcast we're your daily source of all things premier league if you hit subscribe on this episode if you've enjoyed me having a live breakdown of arsenal getting knocked out of the fa cup then you'll enjoy everything that we have to throw at you here on the football social daily and as it's award season we've got some big news the football social daily has been nominated for the sports podcast awards if you follow our social media channels all the details are there on how you can vote to get us up the ranks and get us winning some silverware arsenal are not going to win the fa cup this season but the football social daily could get their hands on a big trophy thanks so much for listening as always jim marley niall and the rest of the gang will be back tomorrow talking about that arsenal results and previewing manchester united against aston villa thanks so much for listening and we'll speak to you again very very soon Football Social Daily. Subscribe to the podcast now so you never miss an episode. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing... The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.